going to say, in honor of uh, Warner Brothers shelving Batgirl this week, I think we should look at uh, another uh, multi-ethnic uh, movie that came out that started this whole fucking process of comic movies. Uh, the most underrated, and I think, honestly, might be the most important film of the last 25 years. And that would be Blade, 1998, starring Wesley Snipes, Stephen Orrington directed, David Goyer writing. So there you go. So Blade, 1998. Marvel in the 90s was a disaster zone. They were going broke. Avi Arad was in charge. You know how bad it was for Marvel? Toy Biz, I think, bought Marvel, a toy company, so they could make their their, uh, toys out of the X-Men franchise because they had a bunch of X-Men toys in the 90s. And then they had like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, they kind of like, Toy Biz did a bunch of cartoony figures. And then like um, Fox was doing the cartoons with X-Men and Spider-Man. And that's about it. Like, you're talking about an era where Nick Fury was played by none other than David Hasselhoff in a 1998 TV movie with Lisa Renna, who's on the cover of your Playboy I sent you with Chuck Palahniuk. She, I think she was playing Mara Hill, but I don't think her name was Mara Hill because that's Kobe Smolder's role now. So I don't think she was playing any kind of character. <clears throat> that's it. There she is. There's that piece of ass. It's never far away. No, it's not Lisa Renna. I'm Phoenix West, by the way. And I'm Dick Dickett, and we're talking about Blade, the most important movie of the last 25 years for Hollywood in general, I think. Did you know Which there's is another reason there's it's dead. There's nudity in here. My heavens. I never saw the uh, nudity. I just saw the articles. Should I? There, there's nude ladies in this magazine. I didn't do a very good job covering up that one. <laughs> that, we're going to choke for that. You're going to get busted on that one. Showing your smut, just like Bob Rob teaching his sons about eating pussy. So you sent me that magazine, right? In my, I did, in yes. Dick Box yes. number three. And yes, I had Dick everything Box. pulled out, all the Ghostbusters shit. And this is when I, when I got my Ghostbusters shit for Father's Day, and my daughter was in here playing with me. We're doing our photo yes. shoot behind the green screen. Oh, and yeah. she's all excited about Ghostbusters before she watched any of the movies. And then I come into my office one morning when my wife is working, and then she's like, oh, by the way, your daughter found this. And she hands me the porno, the, the, the fucking Playboy magazine. I'm like, how is that on me? It's in my office. And it's you a were, box marked. You were the only one in here, and right. she walked in and grabbed it. How is this on me? Like, I get it. It's a man's magazine, and I'm the man. Like, But still, kind of more on you at this point. Shame. And the only reason it's in the box is because it has an interview with Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. That's that... the only reason. Like, it has nothing to do with the nudity. It has everything to do with <clears> the <throat> articles. Because back in the day, Playboy actually had really good articles. Like, I have a bunch of, like, there, there's articles about Star Wars <coughs> in, in the, the, the one with, um, there's an interview with George Lucas with the Farrah Fawcett took her titties and made paintings with them like back in the 90s talking about the phantom menace and the new star wars trilogy so it's like that's so bizarre it's such an odd combination of information in one magazine 
But that yeah. was, you know, that was the era. That was 1998, I think, that magazine came out. Yeah. Uh, much, you know, when Hollywood was figuring <coughs> itself out. Yeah. And uh, you had New Line Cinema basically saying, you know what? Marvel's in trouble. They're selling off their, their, their ancillary characters, their um, second-rate, third-rate characters. Um, who do they got? Uh, let's get who, who who do we got as a star? Who who can we get? I think the the idea was they wanted to do Black Panther first, and Black Panther wasn't ready for prime time yet because I think the studio was like, well, that's not really interesting. What about what's the next best character, black character in Marvel that we could buy for cheap? <coughs> and it was uh, Blade. Blade is a character that was introduced in the Tomb of Dracula, a comic book about Dracula, <coughs> and it's um. Now those issues are going for a bunch of money because <clears throat> Blade is coming out with Marshali Ali, the guy that was in Green Book, who yeah. keeps winning Oscars left and right for playing uh, homosexual black characters. It seems to be the only thing he wins awards for. Because I think both Academy Awards he got were for playing gay men. I think that's I it. I thought you were going to say for playing gay. black men. I was like, he, he's black. No, he's a black guy playing, yeah. playing a gay man, which is like funny uh, some would say that's science fiction. I don't know, but uh, it's funny. Um, Quick side note, but, because it's really obvious if you're watching the live stream, having a coughing fit. I have COVID right now. He's got COVID. He's losing my voice horribly right now. It's it's going quickly. Yes. Um, it's going to get better in a second here. I just in a moment, but you know what you got to do? You got to consult a little guy that I know named Doctor Brown Joe Black. Oh. Go with the doctor, lady. Mom, going to be fine. <coughs> Be That's right. Everything's iry now. I feel a it's lot better. Iry, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. You know what's I weird is when you play that clip, I felt like whatever it was slide down my throat. Yeah. So everything's iry now. I feel better. Yeah, but do, do you feel like this though after you have a bit with COVID? It knocked me the fuck out. It's just, just falling right asleep. Getting, it feels like you're being punched by Carrie Elu's, and you just you just knocked out. Yeah, all, I'm all of a sudden. Sorry, Fantastic. I'm good now. Fantastic. I think my coughing fit is over. <laughs> yes, that was insane. Well, it's, yeah, COVID, no joke. You got, but you just got to kind of, you know, let it go because, um, you know, you, you have to uh, just get through it. And uh... anyway, uh, we'll go there after the uh, what have you. I shouldn't yeah, have no, introduced you to these clips because now you're just going to go clip clip frenzy here. No, I, I promise me. I promise that's the last. No, if you could see your eyes, do, the excitement in your eyes right now is in, is creepy looking. No, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, you're like a child at a candy factory. Well, you know, I, I have a dream of being. You guys working a movie? You're saying we're not working? Oh, are you? Too long. <laughs> I'm cutting it off. I, I was gonna cut it off. <laughs> I was gonna cut off before you said anything. I had control. I was. I was. I just feel like there's it. a. Like a sunflower. I have a sunflower in my ass. If you're... Sorry, I meant to say throat. What she said, ass. Right, yes, yes. <clears throat> but when, if you die of COVID, do you want to be high and keep your currency? Let's not do that one. I, I, I even got it. I was no, so that's from the other show. All right, let's go back to the actual task at hand. Blade. Yes. So, Blade. Now, what's funny about Blade, this was the initial reaction from the studio. Yeah. They said... Well, is there a way Blade could be a white guy? Of course. And because they could not understand that there was an urban audience, that there was 
room for a black action hero. And if comic book, well, well, by that point, the only comic movies that existed were Superman and Batman. And really that was it. Anything else was regulated. The rest were Roger Corman directed non-release or TV shows like incredible whole Punisher. Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher, which was in 1990. Yeah. Master of the Universe sort of shit. Right. Master of the Universe was 87. That was basically um, an attempt by Canon to cash comic, in. But... but it was a... Well, I mean, technically, it, it's, it was a toy that was a comic that they Same had made vein. a comic to sell it. It's all intertwined. It, it's fine. You can call it a comic movie. I think you can get away with that. But just the studios, you know, Hollywood is dead this is what they think this is how they think i mean you have a, the system in hollywood was going to take the movie about um um harriet tubman the first thing they did with harriet tubman the movie was can we get julia roberts to play harriet tubman it's like do you know who harriet tubman is i mean seriously do, do you not know anything about american history what's that i don't know <clears throat> i mean really bad shit i'm mean, like you know hollywood like I a Simpsons like joke. Moral. I don't know. It's sick. They're, they're sick fucking people. But um, what, what's funny about Blade is, you know, it came out in '98. No one knew what to expect of it. It was a it was a forty million dollar movie, uh, or it was a thirty five million dollar movie because they said there was a there was a dialogue between all the people involved in this wonderful article about the legacy of Blade, where it's like an Entertainment Weekly article where they talk to a, a majority of the cast and the crew. And I guess the, at the time, New Line said, if you got Denzel to be Blade, that's a $40 million movie. If you get Wesley Snipes, it's a $35 million movie. If you get Lawrence Fishburne, it's a $20 million movie. So like all that was basically the only three black actors they would think of at that time. Can you imagine people, Lawrence Fishburne as Blade? I kind of could see it. I don't know. I think that would have been a decent choice. But I think... Wesley Snipes is Blade, but Wesley Snipes is so good. No, the the woman would have showed up. She would have gotten bitten. She'd be like, "Hey, I want you to fuck me, Larry." And he would be like, "Oh, yeah, fuck you. Take the black pill down your throat." <laughs> how do you, how do you kill a vampire, uh, uh, Larry? Any way you can. <laughs> Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <sighs> He doesn't do go. No, I picture him as the cokehead he plays in in that Cage movie that we did. Oh, right. Uh, oh, God, that was so bad. What was Running with called? the Devil. Running with the Oh, my God, that was so bad. He does oh, so much God. coke, and yeah. he always does stand up, bent over the lady. Ugh. Ugh. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> the movie where his his body double is a 200 <laughs> or 195-pound black man, uh, where Lawrence Fishburne is 250 pounds obviously and magically he loses 140 no, pounds tied to a toilet right and, and five different not, shades of skin color it was like this guy was you know Lawrence sister burn is is fairly dark but this guy and was big like, and big and this guy <laughs> was like skinny and caramel he they show john legazamo with a hood yes. on his head tied to a toilet or <laughs> chained to a toilet that's what it was. When you take the hood off, it's Lawrence Fishburne, who's a foot and a half taller and 300 pounds heavier and 15 and, shades darker. And he's a black man. It's just like, wait, wait a minute. And his daughter is so yeah. much more porn than John Leguizamo's. Apparently. 
Apparently, oh, man. It's a true thing. Look it up. Look up Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. You can see her getting fucking anything. A picture of what you want to see so a human being being endured with, and you can see that with Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. <laughs> Ouch. That's too bad. Pull her out, Tank. <laughs> Don't pull it out, Tank. That's what I her saying. Exit. Tank, she needs an exit. Fill all three holes, Tank. No, her butthole's not an exit. It's an, ex- it's an exit, not an exit. It's clearly oh. an entrance. Ugh. No. God damn it. Why did you do that? Oh, you Tank. Sick, you're a sick, sick man. Oh, can we talk about that real quick before we move on to Blade? Oh, the, the, we, the we tease that. We, ta- we teased that in our like pre-show discussion. Tank. Right. I, I was questioning why he was out of the sequels. You apparently know more info than I do. What's going well, on with him? Apparently the actor that played... Well, Tank was the brother, I think, right? Was it the no, brother Tank? Was, Tank, Tank no, was Dozer. the main guy. Tank, he was Tank. His brother was Cypher. No, Cypher, Cypher, Cypher is Joey Pants. Joey Pants. The uh, other guy was... Uh, it's Dozer. I think it's Dozer, Tank yeah. and Dozer. Because tanks, uh, uh, dozer and tank are two, yeah. are two, um, yeah, equipment big pieces of equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but, but anyway, um, that guy is not in him anymore. Whatever his name is. Right. Apparently, it's because he's crazy. Well, he went nuts, and like I guess he he was like he was cursing the filmmakers. Back in the day when they were Lachowski brothers, he was like attacking them. He he harassed them. He thought he was going to be in the sequels, and they said he wasn't. I think he snapped, so he like went after him or something. And they had to get a restraining order. He just went nuts. Like the guy went crazy, but and like, that's why he's not in the movies. But like that's why you're out in the movies, not because they didn't write you in. They weren't finished with the scripts at all. That's yeah, the point of the first the one. He pulled a Sean Young, who Deshaun Young kind of went nuts and dressed up as Catwoman and walked around the Warner Brothers set trying to get into Batman Returns because she couldn't, she broke her ribs and it got her out of the first Batman because she was originally cast as Vicki Vale. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first Batman movie and then I watched Batman Returns. And I'm, the first Batman movie I like, but it is nowhere near as good as, good as, as Batman Returns is. It's well, not, even, not even close. Well, I think the problem with the first Batman is it's committee, and the Batman Returns you have uh, Tim Burton pulling his thing. It's his it's his movie. Whereas Batman, the first one, he was a young filmmaker trying to make his nut, and so he's working with it. He's, he's pretty yeah. much acting to everything being asked of him. Don't get me wrong. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. It's not fun. great, but really solid movie. And uh, the <laughs> second one is just is fucking great. Yeah, second one's great, and the third one not so much. Just like, but with the Blade trilogy, I like the second yes, one. You, you don't. You hate the second one. I don't like the. You, you don't like the way. <sighs> like, you don't like the 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 vampires in those movies. You, you didn't care for that. Um, I asked you to bring up Guillermo del Toro. Yes, because we, we both we we didn't meet him, but we saw him in person at Amoeba Records. Yes, I mean we didn't approach him because we're both just like. He's in his element. He's he's a big of a nerd as we are. We're both we're all in Amoeba, like looking through uh, the DVDs, and we're like, "Oh fuck, that's Gamma del Toro." We're like, "Yeah, let him go. He's doing his yeah. thing." Same thing we're he's doing, got, geeking he's got out. A basket full. Yeah, of let him go. He's doing his. Thing. He's in his element. I'd hate to be inter- interrupted if I was him. Yeah. Let him have it. He's in. He's 
He has the anonymity at this point in his career. We both recognized him. You were like, who's that? And I was like, oh, fuck. And you're like, yeah, let's give him the door. I'm like, yeah, it is. Let it, all right, let's let him go. <laughs> let's not bother him. It was just such a sweet moment. We're like, oh. It was like at the zoo. You're like, oh, he's, he's just in his element. <laughs> we're like, all right. And the funny part was he was with the guy <coughs> from Blade 2, the, the Spanish actor that's in the beginning of Blade 2. That guy that survives, he lets him go at the end. That was the guy that was with him. See, I don't remember him. A, he was with him. Yeah, okay. that was his buddy that was with him. Because they're friends, and I guess he's like a stand-up comedian in Spain or something. Because that was right about the time of Blade Two. Yes, it was. No, it was, it was after. Right after. It was right after, yeah. So but, the movie was out, and I think he was just hanging out with his Yeah, movie. I remember you saying you liked it. And uh, I don't yeah. know, I watched it. I don't hate it. I just... I, I, I really have, like, zero feelings when I watch it. I'm like, I, I'm not getting anything out of it. I love Blade 1, first of all. I love yeah, that Blade movie. Yeah, Yeah. And I felt, guilt, like, a guilty pleasure feeling when I, I talked about it. And people were like, really? I'm like, it's, you know, it's cheesy as shit. But there's a part where the cheesy crosses over into a really fun movie. Like, uh, Demolition Man. Right. Cheesy as shit, but that's kind of the point. And it's kind of the charm of it. And Wesley Snipes. And Wesley Snipes, the two connecting tissues. And I named myself after him. Do you do you want to take a guess at who they originally wanted to, who they had a connection to, and actually he was interested to direct it, but he decided not to at the last minute. The first one or second one? First movie, first Blade. See what I think of the first Blade in that era. Man, it's tough to say. Are we going white? We're we going black. White. Okay, we're going white. Are we going actor or non-actor? No, it was a director. It was a big, bigger director now than then. But he had a big hit under his belt, and he was hot for the time. So I was thinking, like, uh, what's his name? Peter Peter Berg? I was thinking of something like him. No, but he wasn't, he wasn't established as a director. That's what I'm thinking. That's that the was, first that thought I had before you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's who I, I would... David Fincher. David Fincher. What a waste of talent. They said, look, I'd love to have you direct this movie. You're my favorite director, but I know you're not going to do it. That's what they <laughs> said. And, and he couldn't help himself, and he couldn't, and he basically backed off the project because he goes, we're going to waste a year, and that's basically what happened was them trying to get Fincher to go back and forth on it. So they ended up going with Stephen Norrington, who directed a movie called Death Machine, which was a, a British film that was... <laughs> Low-budget sci-fi, but people thought this guy was great. And that's the thing. Like, everybody talks about Norrington, the poor bastard. Yeah, he was he was a good director. It's just, for some reason, he just did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he never worked again. I, I, I bet, I guarantee he's, like, ghostwriting. No, he doesn't. He is not a Hollywood guy. He is 100% artist, because uh, it says here in this Doing big, what? long interview... He's like he does paintings. He he does shorts. He's been making his own shorts, his own films. He releases a, releases them himself. They're very much avant garde stuff. Like he's an artist. He's not really. He didn't like the Hollywood system. He doesn't want them to do with it. So even like just because Stephen Dorf still talks to him, and he says like he just you know he's in his own element. He does his own thing. He wants something to do with Hollywood. He's basically dumb. Done with Hollywood. He'll, oh, I thought he'll you said never dumb. Like, Damn man. No no. He's he's dumb. Fucking foreigner. Well, fucking I, Brit. I honestly appreciate those guys who are like, because I was the same way. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want any part no, of this. Like, I, no. we we started to dip our toes in it. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking terrible. Everyone's a train wreck. 
when you yeah, speak to people out like who are involved for a short period, they're like, yeah. but they're so. The sad thing is that they go, yeah, I was in that show and I started to fuck that girl from you know the the real world and I, and I'm gonna yeah. get back in there and I'm like, no, you're not, man. And I think you know you're <laughs> not. This is the sad thing. And you meet ten thousand people like that and you're like, just gonna back out of here. Right, yeah. All right. And you just kind of walk out of the room. And nobody notices because they're staring at themselves in their phone. God damn. Well, that, was back, that was back before that, though. There was no phone. No, but pho- same. Back, back on their MySpace profile. How about that? That would make more sense. But, as but far it wasn't on their phone yet. But as far as what you're saying about Blade being the most important movie of the past 25 years, I won't yes. disagree because it really did kickstart everything yeah. it got yeah. it got the marvel tracks a rolling before marvel yep. was really you know john favreau and got it started Ke- yes. kevin feig and all of them yeah it's the f- first comic book movie that i remember being important because there's other comic movies like batman like we talked about right. but that was like a one-off right and blade was like a comic movie and then it was like a couple years went by nothing really much and then you get like constantine and weird well, one-offs this again was, this was this was the trajectory of of, of the comic movies after 98 because blade came out like august 98 then you had it was a big enough hit to green light x-men for fox because they had bought the rights for x-men and they thought well here we go here's something we could do and that was 99 that was 2000. No, X-Men when they started out. making it, 99. Probably 99, yeah. they started making X-Men right after Blade. The success of Blade is what got them thinking, you know what, this could be something. Because I think uh, people were, when that movie was being made, I think people were kind of talking about it, and that's what kind of pushed the direction of other studios saying, okay, maybe there's something there's something about these comic book movies to think about. And I, so Fox does X-Men, which is really with Brian Singer, we all know what happened to Brian Singer. Well, I will say, I will say, just as my personal experience, the reason I saw X-Men in a the theater is because comic books were on my mind because of Blade. Right. I wasn't a comic, I'm not a comic book guy. No. But I was like, oh, com- X-Men. I remember playing the video game on Super Nintendo. Right. And I'm, that's it. But I was like, oh, comic books. Those are, all right, let's see what they do with the X-Men. And I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Right. So, yeah. What, you didn't watch the cartoon, though, growing up, like in the 90s? I because that was the first kind of few here and there got the ball a little bit rolling there. Yeah, yeah. I watched a few here and there. I was mostly Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles for cartoons back then, Simpsons, but right, right, right. Because Marvel's history at this point in time, they were in 1991. They had the biggest selling comic of all time, which was the reintroduction of X Men number one with the Jim Lee covers. So Jim Lee came in and revitalized X Men for Marvel. And these are the biggest selling comics of all time. They made they sold like eight million copies or something like that, something ridiculous. And that and Marvel came back for a moment, but then within like five years, it was over. Marvel went bankrupt. They were going under. And this was and during was, a post Stanley being so desperate, he's showing up on like Mall Rats. Well, it was like Stan, Stanley. Like Marvel Stanley aren't really. I mean, honestly, I'm just saying, like that's what they, you think they, of Marvel. Yeah, You're like right. He's the face of Marvel, as far as the right. consumers concern, concerned. Yeah, and he, Excelsior, yeah, and all that shit. And then poor bastard, they're wheeling him out to every convention the last five years of his life, and all you can see Stan Lee in the corner going, "Kill me, yeah, kill me, please kill me." And it's just so sad. 
because I remember I w- went to a convention. The last one he did, I think it was uh, San Francisco or Silicon Valley Compound, one of those. And we went in, and you could see him behind the curtain, and he was just like slumped over in a chair. And it was the saddest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, God damn, give that guy a fucking break. He's done enough. Let him go. He's a he signed everything. He's a fried egg on a, on a nail. I mean, it was oh so sad. It was just like guy his handlers were just awful just like you have to sign the stan sign it sign it stan sign it like constantly i didn't create this character doesn't matter stan sign it for your fans sign the fucking thing you piece Picture! of shit they took his head like a puppy and rubbed it in his own shit because it shit in the carpet that's what they did to poor stan lee his handlers it was disgusting like, horrible i don't know who horrible. shit on the floor to begin with but it wasn't Stan Lee, it was uh, Brie Larson. But that's another story. Yeah, the, uh, the shit wasn't for you, okay? No, a- no ass Brie Larson. That shit wasn't for you, white man. Tom Holland has a better ass than Brie Larson. That's, that's true. It is, I'd that's rather fuck his photo- ass. I'll say that. That is, that is <laughs> we have photographic evidence to support this theory. That kid's got that's a rump. A true story. This kid, Tom Holland's got an ass that won't quit. He does. He, probably got, he got a better ass than Zendaya. I don't, yeah, well, she's got a different type of body, but they're not squeezing her in a leather outfit to show off her ass. No, they're not. But she's different kind of pretty. But but again, here's the other thing about Blade that I think is actually kind of more or less revolutionary. They don't have a love interest. They have a character that is on par with the plot. Like, she's important to the part. And dies. No, she lives. She doesn't die. She's at the end of the movie. She lives because she has the cure for him. And he goes, keep it. I'll make you need it later. And then he was going to go fight uh, Mor- Morbius, which that was who that character was. <laughs> Is that who that's uh, supposed to be? Of, that's supposed to be I Morbius. did not know that. Again, that was that was the cameo. That was the little Easter egg back in the day was that was going to be Morbius. And that was a setup for a sequel of Blade fighting Morbius. But they just didn't do it because uh, Jared Leto wasn't available yet to ruin that franchise. It. Okay, I don't. We'll get into Morbius once we both watch that movie. I, which I, no I, I don't think that. we'll. I will watch it, but only once it's on right Hulu. I guess it'll go to for free or whatever for it is, free yeah. with commercials, and I'll be like, "Oh, thank God, a commercial!" <laughs> like, but I I watched. I went to the video. Or sorry, I went to Walmart and I was looking for the Nick Cage movie when I bought this. Oh my God! I got my Nick Cage movie and I got the Nick Cage <laughs> shirt that I showed you. Of course. Yes. But, uh, I was like, oh, Nick Cage movie, right here, eye level. And then I went, what's down here? Oh, Morbius. Didn't that come oh out today my. as well? On oh the bottom God. shelf, Morbius. The bottom shelf. Those are paid. You pay to get your spot at Walmart. That's what companies do. They pay for their location in the, in the, in the shelf there. Marvel is Were like, you- nope. You know that Sony re-released Sony. Morbius in theaters because yes. it became a Twitter joke? Yeah, it became a meme. They re-released it because they memed it. And they thought, oh, that's because it's popular. No, it's because it's shit. I love seeing the, fucked up. the jokes about it afterwards of, sorry, we were all busy that weekend, too. Can you re-release it? Yeah, please. I fucking love me. that. Oh, God. But actually, one of the... the, the uh, Nabushi Wright is her name. She's the actress in Blade. And she kind of used to be a pretty decent actor, but she since doesn't really do anything now because I guess her father was murdered. 
and she's been trying to oh, find fun. the killer. Like, yeah, she's been trying to, I guess, find the killer or something for years, and that's her passion now, I guess, is trying to solve this unsolved murder case. So she's kind of disappeared off of the acting world. Do we need to solve that so she can be in the Blade reunion or Blade <laughs> I, uh, remake? Good point. Let's, let's yeah, let's help her solve this crime so she can come and be in a shitty Marvel movie. <laughs> help her out. Because I'm sure that's what she wants to do. She's going to be in the Marvel movie after the Marvel movies matter. Because right, this Phase yeah. 4 shit, nobody cares about. It's Phase... No, it's Phase 5. Whatever phase it, it is. I think we're in Phase 5 now. And Phase 4, the last Phase 4 movie is Wakanda Forever. Marvel is, phases. Oh, did, you, did you see that video I sent you? That interview with... Uh, Chaswick Bodeman, when he says, I'm dead. I didn't look at it yet, but I pulled it oh, up. Yeah, you got to watch it. it. It's it's really, I mean, it's like he knew, I mean, obviously he knew he was dying. And like the, the interviewer asks him, uh, so after Avengers, what's going to be happening with Black Panther? He goes, I'm dead. And she goes, no, you're not. He goes, no, no, I'm dead. I'm not I'm not doing it. It's not happening. Like, it's, it's just so sad. But he's like, so to the point and blunt, you think he's just being a dick? You yeah, like we're still just... in, we're still in phase four, by the way. So I was right. Well, we're, yeah, we're still in phase four. Yeah, okay. You're right. I think Wakanda is the last. Of Concludes phase with Wakanda Forever Wakanda. and Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Phase five will begin with Thunderbolts. Oh, we'll end with. We'll begin. Oh, Qu- Ant Man and the Wasp will begin phase five. We'll end okay. with the Thunderbolts. Right, like Thunderbolts. Phase that's, that's six will be see. Fantastic Four. And end Ugh. with Avengers the Kang Dynasty. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, they got that planned out. Yeah. Here's the problem. Don't give a shit. If they made the Blade movie again, I will watch it. Yeah. They're, they're going to redo the Blade. Out. That's I, coming out next next year, ne- next uh, November 2023. I think it's on the schedule. But I want, if there's no Wesley Snipes, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, that's the thing. I like Wesley Snipes. I'm sorry. Sue me. Wesley Snipes is really good. Sue He's me for not paying my beat. taxes. I'm sorry. I just. I just don't care. He needs to. He needs to get a respite for paying his back taxes. Let, let him. Let him. Let him show. Well, I guess they said he might appear in it because they've established the multiverse, so he could possibly be in the movie. It's not out of the question. They missed their but, mark when they did the second Doctor Strange movie. He needs to be in there next to Jim from the office up. and just. Hey, yeah. So mother. Effers are always trying to ice skip. Motherfucker, motherfucker, Doctor Strange. Always motherfucker going uphill, trying to ice skate uphill, you motherfucker. Just beeping him out. So, it, no, but he doesn't give a shit. It's just, uh, uh, Wesley, you know, uh, this is Marvel. We can't, we can't say fuck. Disney. You're going to piss off the mouse. Don't. Fuck you talking don't about? piss off the mouse. Fire from the eyes. <laughs> Do you know... You think we'll kick you out of that one, that one bunk Hilton? And I'll send you cash you down the sodomite. I picture uh, Kevin Feige showing up, and he ha- he like does this, and he has the the souls like Freddy Krueger does. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Steven Dorff in there. Help yeah. me, Wesley! They got me. <laughs> he makes a soul pizza, like what? <laughs> the meatball soul pizza. Oh God. Oh, Kevin Feige attacked my computer. He got you. Oh, oh. That's a clip we need. That's See, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Let me save yeah, that. We, we got to get that one, yeah. All right. That's a good one. We Notate that. that. Yeah. Fat kid from unfriended. Unfriended. The unfriended ugly kid. All right. That's funny. 
All right, so going back to Blade, are we done with Blade well, or you got no, more? No, no, just because Blade it made made about one hundred thirty million dollars, and um, it, it was a big hit considering for the time. I think it cost about forty million dollars. It made about it made one thirty made seventy million uh, in, in the United States and forty million everywhere else. So it was about one thirty. It came out, and it seems to be that. It's the first of its kind because it's an R-rated, it's an R-rated comic book movie with a black actor. Yeah. I mean, you have a black and a, and a black cat, like the black love, in, well, not black love interest, but the female character is a, is a black character. You don't see that that much in anything now, let alone twenty years ago. You say not much. But now I, I'll now say they, now I, they've they've caught up. They want them every. Now they've gone too far, where it's like every character is is going to be an ethnic character, even though it doesn't make any sense. They won't. It'd be like we're doing the Viking movie, and we have a tribe of black Vikings. Like that's that's not how that works, historically speaking. But they're going to do it to be inclusive. I'm trying to picture. I'm trying to think of a movie with a black lead and a black female lead. That's, that's not rated. That's rated R. Oh no, there's tons. But like, I mean, Shaft, Coffee, the black exploitation films of the '70s. Were Those are R. a third of the budget. But well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no major Hollywood releases because yeah. part of Hollywood is dead is all Hollywood is making now is two hundred dollar two hundred million dollar movies right and they that's why they're failing is because yeah. it's all or nothing every every fucking movie is all or nothing right and they're and they're, they're really they're just pushing just you know uh, it's it's whatever they own it's it's the IPs because now the studios. If they have something that's a comic book or a toy, they're going to make it because they can sell it on the ancillary market. They can sell toys. They can sell tie-ins and all that shit. Now it's all about – it's so much a factory now more than it ever has been. And at least with with Blade, the reason why it was kind of important was Marvel was dead at this point, and it was selling as garbage. It this was, was like it, this was, it was a like fire a, sale. Yeah, it was a fire sale, definitely. And Blade was like – they had Black Panther and Luke Cage. Those were the two other black characters in the – marvel universe and luke cage no one really gives a shit about now they do now they kind of do but yeah kind of wasn't wasn't that big compared to like daredevil and jessica jones no but they had that team liked, up with all liked, three of them right defenders with iron fist that's another character nobody gives a shit about nobody gives a shit about iron nobody fist. cares about iron fist but I, I who knows if he's ever coming back and who knows if luke cage is ever coming back but i, I like the actor that played yeah. luke cage he was great i really liked him and I, I think he was the better part of that of Jessica Jones show because Jessica Jones show was kind of like oh god it was like twelve episodes. I tried. It was so long. It I watched forever. two seasons of Daredevil. I the first season I was like ah. Second season yeah, I'm like oh there's Punisher. This is cool. Hate the yeah. season though. Really. And then Punisher came out and I was like no I'm good. Right. But I, but I like John Barenthal a lot and yeah I just never watched it but I like him a do lot. You know, do you know John Barenthal has his own podcast? Really, <laughs> and I guess his brother. He, he, he an episode his brother was on there, and his brother was a former like first-rate athlete. Now he's a cancer oncologist. He's like a doctor, and like he talks, he has his brother on the show. He's like, brother, I'm so proud of you. But like you know, it's because I beat the shit out of you as a kid, and you, you had that drive to succeed. It's because yeah. you know you were surrounded by brothers that will beat the shit out of you. It's pretty funny, but um, I want to watch that now. It's on, yeah, you gotta look it up. John Barenthal has a podcast. Is it a video or just audio? 
us video. There's oh my video. god, I need to watch that now. I, it's I just, got like he's just a guy I'm fascinated it. with. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah. All right, I'm saving it. And then, um, you know what? Oh. The guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia have their own video podcast as well. Which guys? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I saw that. They talk about it's, all the episodes. It's now. fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I saw some of that. It was funny. Real ones. It's called the John Bernthal. Okay. So I guess uh, they're they're talking about the blood scene, which is one of the most famous. One of the, again. Blade being one of the most important movies of the last 25 years, that opening rave scene is probably the top 10 best openings of a movie ever. With Tracy Lords? With Tracy Lords. Hey, motherfucker! Yeah. We're gonna fuck you up! And then she gets her head blown off. Uh, and then uh, it's the guy from The Shield, that actor, who gets blown up by a grenade. Spoiler alert. In The Shield, but he got, almost gets eaten in this movie. Yeah. It's a good opening scene, though. Like, well, I guess they said the problem with that scene was it was awesome, but it sucked because the extras had to stay in the blood for, like, the whole time, which was, like, multiple days of that shit. And it stinks because it's all it's, it's, it's corn syrup. Yeah. It stinks. It sticky. makes it it's hot. It's sticky. <clears throat> and, and Wesley Snipes made a point never to be in the in the shot with any of it. Because he comes after the blood rave, so he's like off to the side, never ever showing himself. And he said, "I ain't doing that shit." He didn't want to do that, and I guess extras quit because they couldn't handle it after a while. So people would just be like, "Fuck this! I'm out. I can't do this." And everybody had a hard like that was the hardest part of that whole show, I guess, was doing the blood scene. I can see that being a pain in the ass to do. Can you imagine getting um, no dialogue, no money, and you still have to yeah. sit there and, and be sticky and gross Covered and, like, and, yeah, and it's uh, degraded all day long? So Wesley awful. Snipes is mean to you for no reason. <laughs> you fucking pussies, can't you take this? Well, you can't. That's not the point. Yeah, you, you're not even in this scene. Why are you even talking? Why am I even here? The, the, the girl who did underage porno and lied about it was still here. Come on, you guys can do it. Miss Lords is here. Mrs. Lords is covered in blood. Mrs. Lords, yeah. if you will. She's she's always covered in shit. The royal cocksucker, if you will. That bitch is always covered in shit. We're walking here, I'm Blake. She was covered in shit when she was fifteen. What the fuck? Oh my god. Uh, the reason I asked you to talk about Guillermo del Toro, I just remembered because he did oh. he did a sequel. I he just sequel. finished. I watched last night and, t- and today. I finished Nightmare Alley. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is just like, uh, the pacing is just like uh, There Will Be Blood. Like, it's a real slow burn. Mm. I'm ready for this crazy third act where, you know, he berates Paul Dano and, and yells, a, has a scream log whatever you want to call that, about milkshakes and beats him to death with a bowling pin. Here we go. Oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, it just ends. <laughs> Okay, that was Nightmare well, Alley. Nightmare Alley, yeah, no, it's very sedate at the end. It's really, it's really kind of sad. Well, I it's saw like, it coming when he comes into his, his uh, he comes into uh, Tim, uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, uh, at the end where he's like, "I got a job for you." Yeah, you know, set, set up and pay off. Once he says, "Sit down and have a drink," up. I go, "All right, and he's gonna go, offer oh, him the yeah." Yeah, yeah. And well, that wa- is in the original. That's in actually yeah. the original. I, I didn't see the, the original. Movie. I saw the ending because it was on. It was it was. 
I just went and watched the ending because I was curious if it was the same ending. It's actually word for word, it's the same ending. Yeah. And I think Tim Blake Nelson, end, though, Tim Blake Nelson, but at, I think at the end, though, the girl comes in and saves him. But in this version, it does not happen. He's going to go bite the head off of a fucking chicken and be a fucking freak show. But I was just like, I, he wasn't bad enough where I felt like he deserved it. He did. Right. Like, part of the, the comeuppery of There Will Be Blood is he's a horrible piece of shit. Right. So he deserves every piece, everything bad that happens to him. Yeah. And he slowly builds this his son against him and everything like that. And this movie, right. I was just like, uh, he's, and I wanted those just desserts. You know, I wanted the revenge to happen and it just ends. And I'm like, that was good. Like, I really did enjoy it. Like a seven for me, not nothing above that. Well, do you, do you think the Kate Blanchett character was attacked by the Richard Jenkins character? And that's why she it's revenge on her part? Like, that's what this is all about? The problem is I knew... Kate Blanchett was going to turn against him. I literally right. go to my wife. I'm like, all right, she's going to take the money. Here we go. Let's right. wait. And then 40 minutes later, it happened. I go there. Well, there you go. Cause you have so much time to think about what's going to happen. Cause nothing's fucking happening. Right. And I, I don't know if he did anything. I don't want to go too long on this. Cause we only have three minutes left, but no, but we'll just, we'll end on this note. Uh, you know, blade sp- spurned two sequels. Uh, Blade 2, Blade Trinity, which had Ryan Reynolds, which began his career. Again, that was the movie that sort of got him the uh, Deadpool role, in a sense, because you looked at Ryan Reynolds as an action star in Blade Trinity, simply because Wesley Snipes was tired of playing Blade and didn't give a fuck. And so they had to give Ryan Reynolds something to do to sort of cover up for, for Wesley Snipes, because Wesley Snipes was so difficult to work with he asked him, can you open your eyes for the scene? He says, no. So they had to CGI his eyes to open for a scene. Wesley like, Snipes is a piece of shit. Hard. On that movie, he was a piece of shit. And a lot but, of movies. But now, in retrospect, in reading the article uh, with the interview with all the all the actors and the people involved, Wesley Snipes comes off as a, as a pretty cool dude. He's actually really proud of Blade. He's proud of everybody involved. <clears throat> Making the first Blade was an enjoy- enjoyable pro- process. And I guess everybody really came out like kind of like Stephen Dorff and uh, Donald Logue became buddies after that movie because like they really connected. And I guess uh, Donald Logue wasn't really written well in the script and they just kind of added stuff for him because they just... He has a lot of improvised dialogue, you can tell. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, he, and they got along with Stephen Dorff so well. You could tell and, because uh, yeah. all his dialogue is one shot. Him by himself, right. like, all right, the other actors are gone. Yeah, give me a close-up. Yeah. I'm going to be a said, naughty god. Yeah, I'm going to be a naughty this, vampire god. He does this weird, like, th- this yeah, yeah. dialogue, and he says something, and you're like, that was yeah. not in the script. No way. And neither was, uh, motherfuckers, are you a, you are your damn mind? <laughs> when they shoot him in the beginning. And I guess uh, Stephen Norrington said cut. And, and Wesley Snipes goes, no, no, trust me. They're going to love that. That's yeah. funny shit. Just leave it. Leave it in the movie. And he was just like, okay, I don't get it. But sure, because he was English. He didn't understand that there was like the urban the urban side coming out saying, like, you motherfucker, don't shoot me. I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm trying to save your ass. And you shoot me. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate on Bill. Now, there's, there's two thoughts on that line. One, somebody said it was an ad lib by Snipes. 
and I think Goyer says that's not true because Goyer used to say that as a joke. Like, this is one of the worst lines you'd ever have in a movie was that line. And Wesley Snipes liked it so much. He says, no, no, no. That line is going in the movie. And David Goyer's like, oh, oh, God, no. No, that's not what I wanted at all. And I guess it just became Wesley Snipes just loved it so much that it had to make it into the film. I will say, I didn't know this so, was going to be know. a Blade love fest, but I will say, if you haven't watched it, watch it. But we are... Oh, absolutely. No, but... Really close to time right now. Yeah, but again, if you look at Blade, one of the most important movies in the last 25 years, I think it is. And the reason we have all the movies today, this Blade has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It, it's a fun movie. You don't need anything more. Just a fun one-off movie. I don't need the sequels. No, you really don't. Oh,